favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. there. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have award-winning authors Amy Clipston, Kathleen Fuller, and Shelley Shepard-Gray, who will introduce us to their latest release, An Amish Quilting Bee, Three charming stories of quote, cozy quilting circles and budding romance. Well, hello there, ladies, and thank you so much for joining us today. We have so many things to chat about, one being your newest release of an Amish quilting bee. But before we do that, I'd like to hear a little more about your writing careers. I know that our listeners to the Buggy Talk podcast are absolutely loving to get behind the scenes of some of their favorite authors. So we are going to start with Amy. Amy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am glad to have you on once again. You're always such a pleasure to to talk to, and I'm so excited to have the three of you on. But before we get started, I want to dig into your writing career. And, you know, I, I really had to dig through some of my notes from previous interviews to make sure I didn't ask you anything that I'd asked you before. So um, I hope I come up with a couple things that we had not touched on before. But the first question I have for you is tell our listeners how you handle writer's block. Oftentimes, if I get stuck on a story, I will kick ideas around with my mom or a dear friend. And there have also been times where I've reached out to my editor and she and I will get on the phone and we'll try to work out the bugs together. Oh, well, that is that is great. I know that I have a writing partner. I mean, I don't know if you have that, but I do have a writing partner that I go to quite often and we'll bounce scene ideas or, you know, if I feel like my story is um, going off track and I'm stuck, all I have to do is talk to somebody about it. And usually it sparks some creativity. And it sounds like maybe that's what your mom or your your um, agent does for you as well. That's true. Sometimes I've even talked through an issue with my husband and he doesn't even have to say a word. And I'll say, oh, you know what? That's what I'll do. And he'll be like, well, I'm so glad I could help. I <laughs> so know I've done that too. Help. <laughs> that is. So tell us, are there lots of things you have to do before you dive into a story? Yes. Um, when I wrote my second book in my first series, which was my Kaufman Amish Bakery series, um, I hit a wall with writer's block and I reached out to my line editor at the time and she sent me an outline that I still use to this day. And I outline my my stories, my, my full-length books and my novellas chapter by chapter, scene by scene, and use that as a roadmap. And the story will change and grow. Um, the characters will come into their own and, and all that. But I just always know where I'm headed. So that definitely helps me um, before I start writing. So I do that for every single book. And sometimes it'll take a couple of days and sometimes it'll take a month <laughs> to work out the story. Oh. Sometimes I think a story goes faster when you have a detailed plan. You know, I'm, I'm, I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, authors come in, in two things. They come in a pantser or a plotter, and I'm, I'm a pantser, and it sounds like you are a plotter, which means, you know, you like a detailed plan. You know where the story is going to go, even though sometimes the characters change the storyline. Does that ever happen for you? 
Yes, definitely. And I will um, delete scenes, add scenes. Um, so I, I let the characters tell me the story, but it just helps um, to keep up with my deadlines to know where I'm at least headed. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that with us. And we are going to get more into your um, story that's in the Amish Quilting Bee in a minute. But let's move on to Kathleen. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us on the Buggy Talk podcast today. How are you? I'm I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for asking me. And I'm excited to be with my friends Amy and Shelley, too. (laughs) I know you you ladies are a wonderful group of authors and our listeners are so um, excited. I shared with them that I was going to do um, an interview with the three of you and they were very, very excited. So that being said, let's dig into your writing career a little bit. How about you tell us what your work schedule is like? That's a good question. And it's a funny question for me because. I'm I'm not the most scheduled person um, at all. I'm also a recovering pantser since we're talking about pantsers and plotters. Um, when I first started writing, my kids were little, so I kind of just, you know, found time, you know, in the car or at a game or something like that. But over the past few years, I've learned that I don't necessarily have to have a plan for what I'm going to write or what I'm going to do, but my prime brain hours are between 10 and 2. And so um, I try to write from around um, eight to one. So uh, I kind of force myself to write a little bit earlier and maybe um, maybe till two. And then I use the rest of the use the rest of the afternoon to do non-writing tasks. And there are many of those. Let me tell you, you know, (laughs) I, I, I think that a lot of our readers just think that we just sit down and write and that's all we do. But there is editing and social media and even bookkeeping and advertising and marketing. And, oh, my goodness, the list goes on and on. So um, I think each one of us has to schedule that specific time um, above and beyond just our writing schedule. Definitely. Definitely. I I had to learn to use a calendar, like a real (laughs) legit calendar. So. Um, oh. But it's it's actually served me very well to to you know be more scheduled. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So tell us what's your favorite part and your least favorite part of the publishing journey. Um, well, my favorite part uh, is probably the most creative part, and that's brainstorming the book in my head. I do a lot of pre-writing in my head, so I love coming up with characters and motivations. And um, I really enjoy the psychology of putting a book together. So um, it's um, for me, if I could just do that and somehow it would just jump out of my brain and go onto the page, that would be like the perfect job. But um, it does have the actual writing part of it, getting that rough draft down is a little more difficult. Um, So um, I don't have a person that I really bounce too many ideas off. Um, I have writer friends that I'll call up if I'm stuck like Amy does. Um, but I really just live in my head a lot um, when I'm uh, working on a book. And then the least favorite part, which we were talking about just a second ago, is the business side of it, the bookkeeping tasks, the scheduling, the making sure that, you know, I stay on track. Um, so I'm almost exclusively a right brain person. I'm just not logical at all. Uh, so if I have to do that, it, it's really a struggle for me. So that's definitely the, my least favorite part. 
Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. You know, I have never heard anybody refer to planning out a book as the psychology of writing. Is that what you said? The psychology? Yeah. Or- psychology of putting a book together. Cause when you get into your character's skin and you learn what t- makes them tick and why they do the things that they do. And um, I love that. That's just, I, I can do that all day long. So yeah, I just call it the psychology of putting a book together. I'm not sure if there's a term for it or not. I think that's the perfect term for it because what that really means is you're you're already seeing the movie run in your head. <laughs> and it's yes. just a matter of getting it out of your head and onto paper. And and talking about that, you mentioned, you know, living in your head. I have to tell y'all a funny story. So I have a twelve year old granddaughter and she came into my office one day and her mom her mama followed her in. My daughter followed her in and I was deep in writing and um, she was trying to talk to me and I was so distracted. And and my daughter said to her, oh, honey, don't mind, Grandma. She's just living in her head right now. She said those exact words. <laughs> she's just living in her head yeah. right now. She's really in Willow Springs. She's not here in 96, meaning I was in my fictional town of Willow Springs and I wasn't in the yeah. present. It was it was so it was so funny. We got a big kick out of that. But living in your head, I've heard that before because my daughter often says, Mom, are you living in your head right now? So that was funny <laughs> to hear that. So well thank you so much for sharing that with um with our listeners. And we're going to move on to Shelley now. So Shelley, hello there and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi there, Tracy. Um, I just want to add my thanks for being a part of this. Um, I have to tell you, I'm having a ball listening to um, all three of you talk about the writing process and your your highs and lows. Um, it's just so, so fun to hear everybody's perspectives. It is. And, you know, I have interviewed quite a few people over the last year, uh, Amish authors, particularly. And we all have this, our, our unique styles or our unique quirks or how we plot out or how we pantser through a storyline. And I have to tell you all that our listeners um, are thoroughly enjoying these interviews and our stats go up every, every time I publish one. And I am just so very thankful that um I am surrounded by a group of fiction authors that are so loving and so giving of their time. So thank you so much. So on that note, I have to ask which of your books, and you have many of them out there now, was your most enjoyable to write? You know, I um, I was thinking about this question, and I guess I'd have to say, too, you know, usually, Tracy, that the book that's I find the most enjoyable to write is the one that I just finished. <laughs> I'm always worried about making a deadline and, and getting the book turned in time. So I'm that always makes me very happy when it happens. Um, but to be real specific, there was a book um, I wrote a couple of years ago, um, and it, it's called Deception on Sable Hill. And it was uh, it was not an Amish book. It was a historical set in Chicago at the turn of the century. And I had been to Chicago. I had uh, did a lot of research. I really enjoyed the, the characters. And it, I was able to write a, a pretty big book fairly fast. Um, most recently, I, um, I just wrote a, a book for Harlequin called Amish Jane Doe. And 
that one seemed to write itself. It, um, I, I've talked about this with, with Amy and Kathy before. That doesn't always happen. So when, when a book is, is a, you have an easy writing day, day after day, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real joy and a blessing. And that's when those characters come to life, when you can when you can picture them in your head at what they're doing and the words just flow so easily. That's the story that was meant to write. I just have to say that because those characters really do come alive. And, you know, I think our readers can tell by the quality of the story when they're when they get down on paper so easy like that. Wouldn't you agree? I, I hope so. I think so. You know, I'm a I'm a voracious reader myself. And sometimes I'll I'll hear from authors and they'll say, Oh, I hated writing that book and I have to tell you, I I would think to myself, boy, it didn't feel like that. But um, you know, I I really think every book has its up and ups and downs and, and I think as writers that's why we all enjoy it. It it is, it's such a roller coaster. Um, it, it's just, it, it's very enjoyable for me to, to make up a story and to see it all come to um, fruition and, and finally be able to turn it in and feel like I've done the best that I could, I could on with that manuscript. Oh, most definitely. So my next question is how you research books. But before I ask you that, I know that your particular story in an Amish quilting bee is set in pine craft. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is. Now, did, did I hear or did I read that you ladies just got back from pine craft, Florida, or are you getting ready to go? Tracy, we are fixing to go to Florida. Um, uh, the three of us, Amy, Kathleen, and I, and, and uh, several other authors were all going to be um, in Pinecraft in February and hosting an Amish snowbird getaway. And it'll be, I think, my fourth or fifth time to be in, in Pinecraft. Um, but we're excited. We're going to have them um, do a library talk. We're going to have a, a luncheon. And um, it just, I honestly, I, I could talk about it for an hour. I, I'm just so tickled that it is all happening after so many um uh, starts and stops because of COVID and, and, and what have you. So um, oh, it is asking about it. Yeah, it is. It is so good to try to get back to normal. I know that um, a couple author events scheduled next year that I'm praying that um, will happen as well. But I my the last story I wrote, Emma's Amish Faith Tested, part of that storyline took place in Pinecraft. And I actually visited Pinecraft a couple, Pinecraft a couple times and uh, met a friend, an Amish friend there. So it is a, it is a sweet little area of the country and um, to get away from the cold weather, even though I'm in South Carolina, it doesn't get very cold here, but just to go to Pinecraft, it's such a relaxed area and the people there are just so so, so sweet. So I can imagine that you and your author friends are going to have a great time in Pinecraft. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to hear more about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I, I can't wait to, to be visiting with everybody in March and we can be talking about what happened. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be just as wonderful as we're all um, working very hard to try and make it be. Oh, good. So on that note, why don't you tell us a little bit how you research your books? You know, um, my favorite thing to do for researching a novel is actually to visit the location. 
Um, I, like Kathleen and Amy, I take a lot of notes um, before a book begins. But really, I, especially with the different Amish communities that I've set novels in, I've found that if I'm, I'm there, um, I, I can get a real sense of, of how that community might be different um, than, say, uh, a, a, another one. Um, for example, um, I, uh, when I went to Crittenden County in southwestern Kentucky to write uh, an Amish mystery series, it just had such a different feel than my usual set in Holmes County. Um, I, I, it, it was um, very challenging, but wonderful to get to try and describe those changes and that feeling of that community. So I think, I think good research, um, no matter how you do it, uh, just makes a book better. And that is our job as an author to um, deliver the, the most satisfying novel that we can. And so that's, that, that's one thing I do is, is I always try and visit the location. Well, I think all of us do that or the ones that can get away. And I think our readers realize that when we're starting to talk about the area. And, you know, I find it so encouraging when I hear from a reader who has visited the, the area of the country where I've placed one of my stories and they can recognize, you know, um, one of my stories. I talked about a coffee shop, even though I renamed it, but one of my, um, my readers took a picture in that coffee shop and she re recognized it by the way I described it in a book. So that, that makes the story even more interesting. So I, I, I agree. I agree. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit behind the scenes about Shelley Shepard Gray. And now we're going to start talking about the actual story that we are doing this podcast about. And that is an Amish quilting bee. But before we get started, I'm going to set the stage for each one of your stories. And I'm going to start with Amy and hers story or her contribution to this book is called Patchwork Promises. So here's a little intro into Amy's story. When Colin Zook and his beloved grandmother lose everything in a fire, their greatest loss is a beloved family heirloom quilt that helped keep her dementia at bay. When Joanne Lapp hears about the loss, she decides to recreate the quilt. Colin soon feels himself developing feelings for her, but he's held back by the knowledge that a future with him would involve care of his grandmother and his farm. Will Joanne look past his list of responsibilities and see him for who he truly is? Well, that sounds like an interesting story, Amy. And let's talk a little bit more about Patchwork Promises. Are you ready? Yes, thank you. All right. So first off, tell us where your story is set and how did you choose that setting for this story? Well, it's set in Birdingham, Pennsylvania, which is in Lancaster County. And most of my stories are set there. And the reason why is because I have a dear Amish friend who lives in Gordonville, Pennsylvania, which is right nearby. And I I ask her questions all the time about her community, about her faith, about her culture. And since she is my expert, I like to set all of my books there. Also, Bird in Hand is the cutest little town. They have this great little shopping area. And every time I go there and visit, I just 
field transported into my books. And I just love it so much that I set most of my books there. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So tell us, we talked about Joanne. And if you could describe her, your main character in Patchwork Promises, how would you describe her in three words? I would say that Joanne is thoughtful, hardworking, and artistic. Ooh, that makes for an interesting character. So tell us what your inspiration for this particular story was. Well, when my publisher asked me to contribute to this collection, I actually got on the phone with a dear friend and I said, okay, how do you think I can tell a story about a quilt? And we started just throwing out ideas and she suggested having a young man who was caring for his grandmother and she loses a quilt in a fire, or I don't know, maybe I came up with the fire idea, but we just kept tossing ideas around and we came to the conclusion of having a young man who's caring for his grandmother who has dementia and she loses this quilt that helps keep her dementia at bay. And I'll be honest, I love writing heroes that are emotionally broken, that they've been through something tough and they're trying to find their way and they're doing the best they can. And they wind up falling in love with a young woman who can help them. Now, I don't know why, but I feel like I really get into the, the head of the characters and, and get into the romance when I have that sort of dynamic. And I'm not saying all of my books have that, but they are definitely my favorites. Oh, and I love reading stories like that. So I think you're right on right online with that. Um, Thoughts, those thoughts. So what our listeners love to hear is what's up next for Amy Clipston? Well, thank you for asking because I'm super excited that the very first book in my brand new homage series is going to release on February 1st. And the book is called Foundation of Love and the series is called an Amish Legacy Series. And it is about a widower and his three sons. And each book is about um, one of the members of the family. So the first book is about the father. And then uh, book two, three, and four are about the sons. And I'm so excited because I love writing about families. I love writing about the sibling dynamics. And I think it's because my brother is eight years older than I am. And he joined the army when I was in fourth grade. So I never really had those sibling dramas uh, when I was growing up, and I was always a little envious of people who had a lot of siblings, so I'm very excited, but uh, Foundation of Love comes out February 1st. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that, and I will just add a little tidbit in there. So Foundation of Love comes out at the beginning of February, and look for a live Facebook um, interview that I will be doing with Amy about that new series. So we're pretty excited about planning that for all you listeners. So um, you can, let me see, how are we going to notify them? Amy, I, I'm sure you'll notify your email list and I will notify my email list and we will put it all over Facebook, but we are planning to do a live Facebook interview about that particular series. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you. I am too. Oh, good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And Kathleen is up next with a common thread. So before I start to ask Kathleen a few questions about her particular story, let me give, let me set the scene. A common thread by Kathleen Fuller. Susie Glick, Glick 
returns from a shopping trip laden with beautiful fabric for her quilting group. On the bus ride, Alex Lehman, her crush from three years ago, sits next to her. Alex left Middlefield to explore the country, and now he's back and ready to join the church. Susie was just a kid when he left, but now she's a woman and definitely has his interest. The women in her quilting circle aren't as excited about Alex's return, assuming that he'll leave again in search of adventure. Susie is convinced they're wrong, but just as they start dating, Alex tells Susie he has to leave. He says he'll return, but Susie must decide whether or not she can trust the man she fears has captured her heart. Well, that sounds very intriguing, Kathleen, and I can't wait to ask you a little more questions about that. Are you ready? Thank you. I am ready. Okay. If you had to describe Susie in three words, what would those three words be? She's sweet, she's loving, and she's very, very shy. <laughs> well, isn't that interesting? You know, I'm, I'm always love to write about um, the shy girls, and I, you wouldn't know it by listening to me, but I was a very shy teenager, so I think I can relate to writing about them. So let's ask you uh, just a few more questions. What do you hope your readers take away from your particular story? Well, of course, like the main, um, the center of the story is the romance between Susie and Alex, but there's also, um, a relationship with, between her mom, her and her mom that's on the rocks. And then also she's, uh, become friends with this quilting circle. So, um, I, I really would like people to take away about the importance of friendship and community, um, cause I believe those things are really important and they need to be nurtured in society today. So um, if a reader is reading this book and, and, you know, going through something difficult, um, I'd like to encourage them to reach out to their family and friends and let them help you through it. I think uh, one thing we can learn from the Amish is uh, not, not to do things alone. I mean, we feel like that's kind of, we've got to be very independent and strong um, and not lean on each other. But um, I, I believe that, you know, God created us to have community uh, so um, I think um, I hope that the, the lesson that they see is what the, the lesson that Susie learns is OK to reach out to other people. Well, that is perfect. And on those notes, you know, you talked about where you introduced the quilting group. Is there any chance that um, there's a future for some of those characters in the quilting group? I don't know, but I think that would be fun. Um, I don't have any plans for a sequel. But it definitely would be fun because they're all very different um, and they have different personalities, but yet they're, they've been close friends and have gotten together um, for this quilting circle uh, that they've had for a long time. So I don't know. You never know. You never know. So that goes right into, so what's next for Kathleen Fuller? Well, in January, my second Maple Falls book is coming out, and that's a contemporary, and it's set in Arkansas, and and the title is Much Ado About a Latte, and we have some unique promotions uh, alongside that book. Um, There's a a way to order the book along with a yarn kit that has yarn that's been specifically dyed to match the cover of the book, and it's called Much Ado About a Latte Yarn, and um, also included in the kit is a crochet pattern and a knit pattern for a cow. And uh, we did something similar with Hooked on You, the first book, and that was for a pattern for a hat. 
So this one's for a cow and um, that's a lot of fun. So if you wanna uh, find out more information about that, you can visit my website, kathleenfuller.com. And then in May, the third book in the Mail Order Bride series releases and it's called Love in Plain Sight. And this is a really special book. Um, it wraps up the 15 book Birch Creek series. So um, it answers a very important question from the, ver from the first book in that series. And I've gotten a lot of um, questions about this particular character. And so the answers are finally there in May. Uh, so readers won't want to miss that. And that uh, both books are available for pre-order. Well, the Birch Creek series, is that an Amish series? Yes, that's an Amish series. Well, we will have to get you back on the Buggy Talk then to um, talk about that particular series, and I will get that scheduled. So, is there anything you'd that. like to is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? Um, well, I, I, you know, I started a bookstore actually. So if you go to my website, you can really pre-order and order books there and you'll be able to get them autographed by me so um that's brand new and i forgot to mention that but that that's something that i just started so um i'd like to encourage them to do that and i would just like to thank them for reading my books just reading all of our books and being so supportive of amish fiction um you know i i'm just speaking for myself but i know amy and shelly feel the same way we love our readers and um they're very special. They're a very special group of people. So thank you very much. They certainly are. And thank you so much for sharing with us. And that leads us into Shelley. And her story in this particular book is called Stitch Together. And let me set the scene for Shelley. Rosie's Joy is her yearly project for the Pinecraft Mennonite quilt sale. And she dreams of being the top earner. But she's worried that she's bitten off more than she can chew with her latest entry. To make things even more confusing, after coming to terms with her single state, she's recently formed a friendship with Tim Christner. He's only in town for a month, but he has Rosie wondering if she's found love at last. Now all she has to do is figure out how to get the quilt done so she can concentrate on him. But with her once very organized life in total disarray, everything comes to a head just before the sale. Rosie is forced to re-examine her priorities before she loses not only her place in the quilt show, but everything else she's ever wanted. Well, Shelley, that sounds like the perfect setting for a love story, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Can you share anything with us in, that's in the book that isn't necessarily in the blurb I just read? Um, well, sure, I'd be happy to, Tracy. Um First of all, I thought I might tell y'all that the hero, Tim Christner, he has an interesting job for an Amish man, and he is a missionary in foreign countries. And so that might be something that might spark the interest of some readers um, that they, they might not know that some New Order Amish um, members uh, do a lot of mission work. So that's one thing. Um, the second is, is a lot more... Um, kind of whimsical, and that there is a, a hamster running rampant around the story, and his name is Butch, and um, he causes a lot of trouble. So uh, two kind of very different little details to that story. Well, they, I, would, I would have never guessed a hamster, so that is perfect. That will keep us guessing. 
So if you could describe your main character, Rosie, in three words, what would those three words be? Probably determined, uh, happy, and resigned. Well, I have to say that each one of you ladies' main characters was a little different. And, and did you plan it that way or did it just happen that each one of your three characters in each one of your stories, is com- their personality is completely different? And I find that so amazing. Um, for me, I, I, you know, I never have any idea what Amy or Kathleen or any time I, I do a, a group novella, what the other authors are, are writing about. Um, I have, I guess the credit all goes to the editor. Um, what we do uh, is you, you send a short synopsis and a little bit about your characters to the editor, and then you just hope that they say, yes, that's a good story. So at least that's what happened to me. Um, so I, I figured my, my study might have been different, but I had no idea what Amy and Kathy were, were, were doing, which is um, part of the joy, I think, of, of, of being asked to be part of these novella collections is we each get to discover um, how the other authors put their spin on their stories. I know, it's wonderful. So tell us what the key theme or the message you'd like your reader to take away from your story is. The key theme really is something that I've learned from my Amish friends up in Sugar Creek, and that is to live in the present. Um, The heroine, uh, Rosie, um, has had a a lot of heartache in her past. And obviously, um, when you you read the blurb, that the readers can tell that she has a goal in mind. She's going to make this beautiful quilt. Um, It's going to be very detailed. It's going to impress everyone. It's going to make some money for for the mission that they're supporting, and it's going to be great. And what she learns when everything unravels is is that um, it's just she needs to start living in the present, uh, both finding the joys and accepting um, the, the, I guess, for lack of better words, the, the, the pain or the hardship. So I, I think that's something the Amish people have taught me, and I have to say I'm still working on it. Um, I, I, I wish I lived in the present more often. It's, it's a journey for me to do, but I definitely appreciate those moments when, I, when that does happen. Oh, that was that was sweet. And that was such a great way to put about living in the present. We all need to do more of that. So now we're talking about the present or the, the future a little bit. Tell us what's next for Shelly. Um, the, the first step for me next year is a, a book coming out in March, and it's called Edgewater Road. And it is not necessarily an Amish book. It is set in Amish country, though. Um, and the story is a single title women's fiction with a little bit of suspense in it. It takes place in Ross County, Ohio, um, right near a prison. Um, and my heroine, uh, the setup is she's inherited her grandmother's old farmhouse. She moves in and discovers um, it's right next door to a halfway house for ex-cons. And so um, my solitaire heroine um, all of a sudden is uh, surrounded by a lot of people she never thought she'd uh, be friends with. So that's kind of all, uh, it all takes place on a street called Edgewater Road. And that's what's coming up next for me. Well, that sounds like an interesting story. And we may even get you on the boogie talk just because it's set in an Amish community or you said an Amish community or an Amish area. 
It is. There are uh, secondary characters that are Amish in this one, so oh. I'd be delighted. Um, I have some Amish books coming out later in the year, so um, if you're, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll have another opportunity to get together. Yeah, well, you know, I always like to mix it up a little bit for our readers, and as long as there's an Amish element in it, I think our readers would be very open and a lot of our readers cross over into women's fiction or Christian fiction as much as they are in Amish fiction. So I think it would make a perfect fit and we will talk more about it. So before we go to my little fun round, is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? You know, um, just, I appreciate them so much. Just like Kathy said, you know, I've been writing books for 20 years, uh, and I'm very grateful um, for for the readers that have been with me. Some of them are are just discovering my books, and some have been with me for almost two decades. So um, I always feel like I write books for other people. I don't write them for myself, and so I I couldn't be more delighted that some of um, our our readers, these readers have, have come along with me for the ride. Oh, that was sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we are going to play a little bit of a fun round. It's called a speed round. And I'm going to ask um, each one of you ladies just a couple questions. And they're just easy questions that you can rattle off the top of your head, but it just leaves the podcast with a with an upbeat and um, lets our listeners just know a little more, little bit more about some of their favorite authors. So Amy, we're going to start with you. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. If you could travel back in time, what period would you like to go to? Oh, my first reaction is silly, but I'm going to say it. uh, Probably the 1950s because I collect pink Pyrex. And that is (laughs) a dumb response, but that's what came to my mind. So I'm going to put it out there. (laughs) Well, that is funny. That is funny. I love all that old Formica, you know, like the. The chrome legs at the tables oh, and the Formica yes. tops, that's that's got 50s written all over it. So yes. I um, I agree with you there. Um, okay, coffee or tea? Oh, definitely tea, and I'll drink it all day long. <laughs> iced tea or hot tea? Hot tea. Hot Actually, tea. both. I like Crystal Light iced tea, too. So oh, I guess- wonderful. <laughs> okay, and your last question is, tell us what's for supper. Oh, um, okay. This is another silly one. Um, so my mom and I are giving the boys tacos. And then um, since my mom lives with us, we are going to have eggs because I gained a bit over Christmas <laughs> and I'm trying to take it back off. So my go-to is poached eggs with a low calorie uh, English muffin for dinner until I get back to my goal weight. So (laughs) there you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And if I don't get a chance to say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, you're you're welcome. All right, Kathleen, you're up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Do you believe in love at first sight is your first question. Okay. Absolutely. Because that's what happened when I saw my husband. Oh, how so sweet. I, I, we actually met at ballroom dancing lessons. Um, so, and I, we took them separate, but they would have, uh, during the week, and this was back in 90, 91, I think. Yeah, 91. And so, um, once a week they would, um, you know, throw like a party and you could dance with other people, especially the instructors. 
and we got paired up and it was just like, oh, this is it. And this is it. it. I can't explain it. it was that jolt. So I always kind of chuckle a little bit when um, some I hear people say, oh, there's no such thing as love at first sight. And I'm like, mm, yeah, there is. <laughs> so it wasn't for him, but um, he eventually came around. So, yeah, I definitely do. I love that it wasn't for him and he eventually came around. That's hilarious. Well, and if you knew, if you knew my husband, that would be, that's his personality. He doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm way more, you know, impulsive. Uh, he's kind of, you know, straightened me out a little bit with that, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got to think things over, be really sure that kind of a thing. So we work, we're opposite. So it works yeah. out. It works out. My husband and I are complete opposites as well. He's the, he's the thinker and has to contemplate on everything. And I'm just jumping right in and, and wanting to go mm-hmm. head first into everything. So I completely understand that. Okay. Second question. Cake or pie? Oh, no. Really? <laughs> uh, can you choose? I, yeah, I can choose. It'll probably be cake. Okay. Um, what kind of cake? I, I love a good cake. Uh, any kind of cake. I'm, I'm, I'm really not picky when it comes to cake, so I like them all. Uh, I guess if I had to choose, it would be chocolate. Oh, there you go. Well, thank you. All right. And question number three, what's for your supper tonight? Oh, this is just, this is so like how I run my kitchen. Uh, we're having leftovers, leftover tuna casserole that I made last night. I try to make, um, extra. So I don't, I only have to cook, you know, a couple times a week as opposed to, you know, every night. So tuna casserole, super exciting. <laughs> it's about as exciting as mine. I'm trying to use up leftover ham and made a big pot of uh, beans and ham, which my husband absolutely hates. And this is like our third night oh. and it, it's probably going to go in the trash because I don't know if I can stomach it another night. Oh no. Well, yeah, I've had, you know, some of those too. So, but yep, that's it. Well, thank you so very much. And again, thank you for joining us. If I don't get a chance to say it again, and we are on to Shelly. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, here you go. On a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping a secret? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably a five. I'm not good at keeping secrets. But my kids would be telling you I'm more probably like a two or a three. They know, um, yeah, if, if there's a really big secret, not so that's, I guess that's a surprise. I wish I was a better secret keeper. Well, I'm not a very good secret keeper either. And I think it comes with our jobs because we, we love to tell secrets. We write about secrets. You know, that, that's our job. So keeping a secret is probably not something high on an author's, um, Uh, good at list maybe that's right that's right all right Shelly tell us what your favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla I I really like a a good vanilla ice cream um so that that is that is it if just sounds great always always well, I hope your um, supper tonight is better than the rest of us. So please share with us what's for supper tonight. Um, I am making chicken tetrazzini. Um, uh, my husband and I switch off on cooking, and uh, he he made a, a, a soup last night, a big Italian wedding soup, which was amazing. Um, so, but I'm just doing the casserole tonight. 
but uh, we were going to go out to eat and we just selected to, I got busy and so did he. So we're just eating at home, but it'll be, it'll be good. It sounds a lot better than what the rest of us are having. So we all need to come to your house. You do. If, if y'all are here, I, I tell you to pull up a chair and um, I, I'd see what I can cook for you for sure. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, ladies. And that wraps up this episode. And I encourage all of our listeners to visit my website at tracyfredakowski.com to see a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape.